This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. A couple of things to get to. Obviously, the Sunday game was great. Taiwan Walker was good. He ran into trouble in that fifth inning and in that sixth inning. So he wasn't able to get his quality start. But Taiwan Walker, two starts into the second half of the year, fine. Okay, not dominant, not amazing, doesn't have to be, but certainly fine in the way he battled in the Yankee game. And this start was a little bit different because over the first four innings, he was really good. I think there were about four base runners against him, so maybe one base runner per inning. And then he really ran into trouble in the fifth and sixth, but he ran into trouble with a 7 nothing lead, which, you know what, go out there, throw strikes. If you give up a couple of hits, it's not a big deal. So Taiwan Walker after an abysmal second half last year, has at least gotten off to a respectable start in the second half this year. Really, the story of the Sunday game was the offense. I mean, they killed you by paper cuts in that first inning. Lindor, double. Alonzo, double. Vogelbach, single behind in the count. McNeil, single. Canna, single. They get a bunt freaking hit from Patrick Mazika. Uh, Luis Guillerme, a couple of base hits. Tyler Naquin with an RBI triple. So just a lot of paper-cut base hits against Pablo Lopez. They hammer that poor guy's trade value. He gave up 12 hits in two and two-thirds. But what I loved about what they did, and this is why I I don't like the Kansas City Royals from 2015, but I, I think it's a compliment if you ever compare a team to the Royals. This lineup reminds me of the 2015 Kansas City Royals. Because in this game, in a game in which you'll talk about all the base hits and you'll talk about all the runs scored, as you should, there was another stat that was remarkable in this game against the Miami Marlins. Was it the nine runs? Was it all the base hits? The fact they didn't hit a home run? No, 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 no. I'm holding up one finger, Pete, and it's not the middle finger. That one finger indicates how many times the New York Mets as a team struck out one freaking time in 2022. And when you think back to that World Series against Kansas City that still haunts my nightmares, the Mets had strikeout pitchers, loaded with strikeout pitchers. Matt Harvey, Jacob DeGrom, Noah Syndergaard, we know. And that team would give you ferocious at-bats. That Royal team would give you battles. This Met lineup gives you battles. So... We talk all about, oh, they need to add another bumper. And it would be nice if they did. But this lineup, the way it's constructed, on paper may not scare the crap at you, but it's a good, feisty, pain-in-the-ass lineup. It really is. Now the headline story. And that is the fact that on Tuesday night in Washington, D.C., 
assuming there's no setback in the next 48 hours, which always worries you, we are going to get to see the return of the great Jacob deGrom. Jacob deGrom will pitch Tuesday against Washington. He will be online to face the Atlanta Braves in the finale of that five-game series against Atlanta. He's online to face the Braves again in Atlanta. He's online to face the New York Yankees at Yankee Stadium in August. Card subject to change because our biggest concern about Jake is the fact he hasn't been able to stay healthy. But Jacob DeGrom met the media before the game. And while one of the headlines people will take out of it will be, Jake's still opting out. No kidding. Of course he's going to opt out. Even if he doesn't pitch, he has a chance to make more than $32 million next year. Because of what he did in 21, because of what he did in 20, because there aren't many great pitchers in baseball. So Jake's going to get paid. Now, obviously, if he has a serious injury and gets shut down again, maybe there'd be some concern. But even on a short-term deal, he'd get paid. So I get why that's a headline, and maybe some will use that to divide us, and some will use that to scare us. I'm not scared. I'm not worried about the offseason until the offseason. We will worry about the Jake situation when we get there. My opinion will be very obvious. They have to keep him, obviously. I have no interest in seeing Jacob DeGrom pitch anywhere else. But Jacob DeGrom said something very interesting because the thing that concerns me about him is his health. That's it. That's all I care about. Can you stay healthy? This is a guy who, when he pitches, when he pitched in 2021, was historical. Let's not forget what he did in 2021 when he pitched. He had a 1.08 ERA in 15 starts. He was like freaking Bob Gibson on steroids. So Jacob DeGrom talked about what he did during all the downtime. And I want to read you a quote because I thought this was fascinating because I've been concerned about Jake's health before he even started getting hurt. I would bring up to Beningo on the midday show it scares me that he throws this hard this often. And that's been the thing I've always brought up for years. But I always give you this disclaimer, which I think we should all give. I am not a pitcher. <laughs> I'm not. I don't freaking know. I'm just telling you it worries me. I don't know if Jake throwing 101 is the reason he's hurt. I could act like I know, but you'd all see right through me. What the hell do I know? I top out at 49 when I play fan baseball. All I've ever said, and it's, I think, a reasonable opinion, is that, and I said this for years, it scares me that Jake throws as hard as often as he does. But maybe there's something else that's caused his injuries. Jake said in 2018 and 2019, now those are the years in which he won Cy Youngs and pitched, I felt I was at my best mechanically. I took a lot of time to look at those videos and try to get back there. I noticed I was a little more upright and leaning a little more towards first base on my follow-through most recently than in those years. With this time and able to work on things, I feel like I got my mechanics back to where I want them. And what I find interesting about that is I wanted to know if the New York Mets and Jacob deGrom over the last year and a half have self-examined what the hell is going on. Why is he getting hurt? I'm just asking the why. I don't freaking know. Is it, is it just ah, bad luck? Is it that? Is it the conspiracy theorists who say, oh, he's never been hurt. He just likes to go into MRI machines because it turns him on. I mean, I don't know. And so I liked hearing the professor himself, Jacob deGrom, self-examine. Hey, I know I've been hurt the last two years. Why? 
And I want to find out why. And if it's what he was describing, which is just basically his mechanics, and he's always been all over his own mechanics, and maybe he's identified something that's caused these injuries. I'm not saying it has. None of us truly know. Even Jake doesn't know. That at least warms me up to the idea of maybe this can be fixed. Because more so than the Mets, not more so, because more so is winning. But up there with the fact that Jake not pitching has hurt the Mets' ability to win is that we have Met fans haven't had a chance to watch an all-time great pitcher pitch every five days. And we were for a while, even though some people didn't realize he was all-time great at the time. But in 2018, think about what we witnessed. Yeah, the team sucked, but look what we witnessed every five days. Look what we witnessed in 2019. Look what we witnessed in 2020, even though it was such a weird season. And yes, in 2021, when he pitched until it all ended in early July, he had a 1.08 ERA. Jake talks about his mechanics the last two years, 20 and 21. Obviously, two shortened seasons, 20 because of the pandemic, 21 because of himself. In those two seasons, he's made 27 starts. He's thrown 160 innings. He had a 1.63 ERA. Like, think about this. If Jacob deGrom stays healthy and has a 2-5 ERA, 2-5, I think we'd all be pretty happy, right? I think we'd all be thrilled. He's been so much better than that, though. That, that's what I think sometimes we forget. So I hope that Jake has figured it out and it is something as simple as mechanics and more than a pitching line from what I'm hoping for on Tuesday or even Sunday against Atlanta, I want him to feel good and I want him to pitch. Because I am tired as a fan. You are all tired as fans of having to refresh Twitter on a day in which Jacob DeGrom goes for an MRI. And I don't want to go on the radio and talk about his velocity as if I know anything about why he's getting hurt. I don't know why he's getting hurt. None of us know why. And I don't want to speculate about it anymore because hopefully it doesn't happen anymore. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. But Tuesday night's going to be special. We're going to see him pitch. And whatever the pitch count is, I accept. If, it's, if he only pitches four innings or five innings, I accept. And hopefully he can stay healthy because the Braves are not going away. You know, and we've said that a lot, Pete. They're not going away. And so those five games at City Field next weekend and those four games in Atlanta the following week, nine times the Mets are going to take on the Atlanta Braves. And uh, it's going to be a war. Because they're good, and they're not going away. So let's go, baby. I'm looking forward to it. And by the way, just to update something that we spoke about a little earlier, uh, during our podcast, Pat Ragazzo, which I'm not really familiar with his work as much, but he texted, from what he, what he's heard, Red Sox current ass for J.D. Martinez is very high. I'm not sure if you saw this. One top five prospect. One player from MLB roster plus an additional piece and or cash. Yeah, and and if that's the ask, they're not going to get it. I'll be I'll be honest. I I like JD. I think he changes 
the dimension of this lineup. And I do think he's going to perform better than what we've seen in the first half. But this is a poker game now, Pete. The Red Sox are playing poker. They're asking for a lot. The Mets are playing poker, saying we're not giving you a lot. And we're going to find out who cracks before 6 o'clock on Tuesday. It's, it's simple as that. I don't think the Mets are going to crack. 6 o'clock on Tuesday now. Now it's going August 2nd, and then they moved it from 4 o'clock to 6 o'clock. What the hell's going Dude, on? Dude, I'm still used to midnight. <laughs> I remember the midnight trade deadline. <laughs> oh, that's right. Midnight second day. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I'm all for you know changing it up, especially with the fact that there's no August trade deadline deadline anymore. Like I used to like that, like the, the, the waiver claims and whatnot. I was all about that. So the fact that they eliminated that, like if you push the deadline back a little bit more, I'm okay with that. Yeah, I I thought with all these extra playoff teams, we are moving to a day where the trade deadline would be a little bit later. Um, I think the reason it's August 2nd, and this is just speculating, is because the season is ending a little bit later because of the lockout. But July 31st, which is when we're recording this on Sunday, would have been the perfect day for it. And midnight would have been the perfect time because... Right now, there's only a Sunday night game going on. The game's usually over by 10 o'clock. And I think there's no game, so you don't have guys getting traded in the middle of games. Tonight would have been an event. I think people would have been locked in on their TVs. 10 o'clock at night, oh my God, what's going to happen? 11 o'clock at night, oh my God, what's going to happen? So, I don't know. They made it Tuesday at 6 o'clock. You're right, it sort of feels kind of random at this point. But whatever, we'll see what happens. Hey, one other thing I really liked about what the Mets did in beating Miami in this Sunday game The Mets, and a lot of teams have this issue. The Yankees had this issue last year. You win the first two games of a three-game series. You win the first three games of a four-game series. Actually happened to the Yankees over the weekend. And finishing the sweep is always difficult. So coming into this game where the Mets were looking for the sweep, the Mets had looked for a sweep six times this season. And I'm not including two-game series. We're going to take the Yankees series out. Three-game series, four-game series. They looked for a sweep six times coming into today, and they had only swept two teams all season long. So they were two and four in these games. Um, So it's good to see that change with what they were able to do, securing their third sweep of the year. And if you want the answers of when they swept, you should remember it was the Phillies at home Memorial Day weekend, and it was Washington right after that. That's the other time they had a six-game winning streak this year when they went 6-0 and at home by sweeping those two series. And what's really exciting going into this Washington series with Max Scherzer, with Jacob DeGrom, with Chris Bassett. They should sweep the Nationals. The Nationals are freaking awful. They're a bad baseball team. Patrick Corbin is going to pitch the first game of this series. In his last start against the Dodgers, he didn't get out of the first inning. He's got like a 59,000 ERA. It's so tough to even calculate it. The ERA is so bad. Now, I'm not trying to jinx the Mets here. Now, watch Patrick Corbin pitch seven scoreless. But when you look at the guys on the mound, When you look at how bad Washington is, dude, there's no reason to not have a nine-game winning streak going into the five-game series against Atlanta. That's the truth. Now, the Braves have an off day on Monday, and they have two games with Philadelphia. So, Mets have three games. Braves have two games. You know what that means? You should gain ground on Atlanta going into that series. This lead should be three and a half. Maybe the Phillies actually give you help. They've played well, and they did win two out of three against Atlanta last week. So the Mets should at least go into this five-game series with, at minimum, at minimum, a three and a half game lead. At least I would hope so. And it's looking as if, looking ahead, and I do do this once in a while, here are your matchups as of now. 
Carrasco, Kyle Wright on Thursday. Taiwan Walker, Ian Anderson on Friday. Max Peterson, Max N. Peterson on Saturday. Max Freed and somebody on Saturday for Atlanta, so we could get Scherzer Freed. And then Spencer Strider and Jacob DeGrom on Sunday to wrap up this five-game series. Let's freaking go! <laughs> I love it, dude. That's that. This is getting exciting now. And I said this early on in the season. We didn't need DeGrom to be competitive and win a World Series. But my God, if he comes back Tuesday and is who we all think he's going to be, this is going to be... You thought this was a special season now. It's only going to get well, better. It's, bro, it's special. I mean, they are off to their second best start in the history of the franchise, which I've said a lot, but it continues to be at that pace. They're not quite the 86 Mets who are 69 and 32, but this team is 64 and 37. I mean, they're only five games off that pace of the 86 Mets. Three games ahead of the 88 pace, four games ahead of the pace from 2006 and 1999. But look, it's all about how you finish, <laughs> not, not what you do through 101 games. Pete said it earlier, after the Tuesday game, which is the second game of this series against Washington, we will do a podcast. We will do a Rico Bronia for two reasons. Number one, the trade deadline. So we'll react to what the Mets did do or didn't do. And we'll obviously react to Jacob DeGrom's return, his first start in over a year. We will do a podcast after the series as well at some point because I'm driving back from Washington. I will be going uh, to the finale of this series. Uh, so we've got two podcasts locked in coming up this week right after the, the, the deadline Tuesday night and reaction to Jake's start. And then obviously to wrap up the Washington series and to look ahead to what will be a pivotal five-game series against the Atlanta Braves coming up on Thursday night from City Field. So, Mets fans, take a deep breath. We are in first place. And as frustrating as it may be that the Braves didn't lose, think about if you're a Brave fan. You're the Atlanta Braves. You go out, you sweep the Diamondbacks, you feel good, and you can't gain any ground on us. Think about that. And think about the fact that we're going to stare into those bastards' eyes Thursday night. At City Field, where I hope the Mets get 40000 every single night as they take on the Atlanta Braves. Thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. Obviously, download, review it, do whatever the hell you want. Craig and I will be in all this week for the most part. Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, Friday. The great Pete Hoffman will fill in for us after the Yankee game on Wednesday afternoon, which allows me to go to Washington to see the Mets against the Nationals. Thank you, Pete. And thank you for listening to Rico Bronia. We hope you enjoyed this episode of the Rico Bronya podcast. It's amazing, isn't it? Make sure you download it now to keep it on you at all times.